everyone, the first episode of the highly awaited Pod People podcast. My name is E Dog, and my co host, J Money Cash Boy. Um, no. Okay, my name is Jonathan. We went over this before. Okay, J Money. No. no. Today we are here with two famous historians. Hey, my name's Yaya. We are so pleased to be on the two P's in a podcast. And I'm Rara, especially excited to meet the famous J Money and E Dog. Uh, welcome to the pod, people. I think two peas in a podcast is such a better name. It's really not. Well, it's really, we, it's really not. You can't, you can't, it's not. Uh, we are the creators of this. Okay, well, in yeah, in the no, podcast. No, no, no. Ella is right. Okay, we created it. E-dog. You guys don't have E-dog. like. I prefer E-dog. It's E-dog. <laughs> no, no, it's not. I'm going to call you Ella from now on, okay? Okay, Jay Money. No. No. Today, I'm Not feeling jealous. like I kind of need to talk about the Umayyad dynasty, which happens to be a dynasty. You remember <laughs> Yeah, I'm okay with that. Alright. Uh, so, did they, like, marinate? And this is definitely going to um, E-Dog. Do they, uh, like, marinate? No, stop right Rimey there. olives? Stop. Those those words are banned <laughs> from my vocabulary. Are, are they damp? Those words, they are banned. J-Money. All right, we are going to talk about that. Those words aren't in my vocabulary, and I'm actually really interested in art, so let's get started with that. Any objections? Well, actually, why don't we uh, tell everyone about our generous sponsors today? Our sponsor is Propel. The amazing electrolyte beverage. Random stuff about Propel is that it has electrolytes. And now they just made a zero version. So, Yaya and Rara, here are some faux pals you guys get. Yes! Alright, so, why don't we start, uh... Okay, then, let's go. (laughs) Let's get started with a basic question. Where did Muslims come from? Yeah, Saudi Arabia. It, I think it looks like a steak. I don't know about you guys, though. Um, but how about, like, defining the term Islamic art? Well, Islamic art is not a monolithic style, meaning that there are a lot of different materials that were used. Um, and its peak of success lasted around 1,300 years. So, basically, the term was described to use art in any of the Muslim countries that it was found in. That's really interesting, Rara. So now I'm even more interested. What modern-day countries is Islamic art found in? Um, so it's, uh, the Islamic empire was actually very widespread, and the Muslim religion had many, many followers. So there were many countries that Islamic art and architect- architecture could be found in, such as the Arab lands, Turkey, Iran, Central Asia, and later South Asia. Culture diffusion appeared in all these countries, and that's why we find so much art in these places. It's pretty great. Okay, so it's very fascinating, but, like, um... What really makes Islamic art unique? Like, you know, is there anything else? Well, well, actually, most Islamic art pieces didn't include many animals and people, which definitely set them apart from other cultures. They use intricate patterns and vegetation to make the art more interesting. Why didn't they, like, include any people or animals? Well, if they did that, they believed that uh, adding them to their works would idolize them instead of Allah, and they didn't want that being put across in their art. 
Wow, it seems like their religion is a really big part of their lives. So what was the golden age of art? Um, when? that's a really interesting question, Edom. It actually had its golden age Islamic art around 750 BCE to the 16th century. And, uh, like, what flourished during this time? Like, well, well, ceramics, glass, metalwork, textiles, uh, woodwork, and even some manuscripts flourished within that time period. That's a lot of different stuff. Did Muslims make a contribution towards any of the art or architecture during the Golden Age? Um, um, so, electric glazing was actually an Islamic contribution to ceramics. It actually made a contribution towards other civilizations, too. Other civilizations, you say? How, how was this lustrous stuff valid in later civilizations? Islamic luster-painted ceramics were actually imitated by Italian potters during the Renaissance, uh, which is definitely far from the start of the Golden Age. And, like, what about, like, other art? Like, what they're, like, sculptures and paintings and stuff like that? Um, yeah. Uh, according to pre-Islamic evidence, there are sculptures and paintings. But most were either of idols before, before Muhammad had his vision of icons back then, because he, um, the Muslim religion doesn't really allow, um, Pieces of art. How about other pieces of art? Were there any unique forms fa found? Well, if you consider rust-designed art, then yeah, they had designs that if repeated, they would go on forever and ever. Okay, so it's time for another basic question. Uh, why did they make uh, the art in the first place? Jane Money, you ask the best questions. The answer is that they made it because of faith. That's basically the whole reason. Faith drove the followers of Islam to do everything, and everything included art. That's such a great answer, Rara. And since art was done because of faith, do you think that there are any forms that were overlooked? I actually do believe that some art forms were overlooked. Ar Arabic calligraphy is definitely overlooked. Um, it's a big part of their art, and it was also used to write the Quran, which is the holy book of Muslims. It was also very common and widespread, but it doesn't seem as important, even though it is. Mm. Well, I think uh, we've covered most of, like, all the whole art category, but, like, lastly, are there anything, like, any any common, what would you call it, um, motifs in Muslim art? Well, there are definitely distinctive patterns in Islamic art. Their art usually had uh, geometric shapes and or vegetation as a design. Most of their drawings also celebrated Allah, their God. Their shapes, whatever. Love that. Okay, so that that was not good enough. You have to be like, like, love that. Like. <laughs> Alright, alright. So, um, now moving to architecture. Uh, we know the basic Islamic architecture with the mosques, the temples, the churches, whatever you call them. Uh, but... Uh, like, are there any other variations of Islamic architecture? First off, they're mosques, and second, there actually are some other variations. Moorish architecture developed from a group of people with Islamic faith. In fact, it is said to be much of a more articulated style of Islamic architecture. Moorish architecture? When was the peak of Moorish architecture? Of Granada or the Alhambra was constructed. There was even 
the Peralta Institute, which contributed to the cultural education of the Spanish Muslims. Oh, hold on. There's, like, Spanish Muslims, too? Like, what the heck are Spanish Muslims? Well, J-Money, Spanish Muslims are, well, Muslims. Uh, they just went through cultural diffusion tra and traveled to Spain. They interacted with Spanish people, and some decided to be, some decided to be Spanish and Muslim, or they were just born into a family with, um... Spanish Muslims, basically, they're which are from the religion, religion of Islam. Okay. Did like Islamic architecture ever interact with like Spanish architecture? I guess. Yeah, you can see it in the Great Mosque of Cordoba. Why is the Great Mosque of Cordoba great? This mosque marked the start of Islamic architecture in Spain and North Africa. Are there any great mosques since there's a great Cor Cordoba? Cordoba, yeah. Um, there's actually the Great Mosque of Samara. And, like, why was the Great Mosque of Samara, like, great? Well, this mosque was also called a Great Mosque because of the hypostyle architecture that it that introduced the spiraling, spiraling minarets, which are all famous in Islamic architecture. Hypostyle architecture? Well, hypostyle architecture is basically just regular architecture, but it has rolls, ro rolls, rows of col columns supporting a flat base, which spi which a spiraling minaret is built on top of. And what exactly are spiraling minarets? Basically, spiraling minarets are towers of spiraling walkways upwards. The shape and color of minarets, no matter how small or just being meant for visual purposes, symbolize Islamic architecture. Most Islamic architecture have minarets. Okay, and like, other than those great mosques, were certain mosques famous for, um, like, any other area? Of the Ottoman Empire is indeed famous for their massive mosques, and can actually be seen in the Hagia Sophia today. Wow. Who were these massive mosques constructed by? They are constructed by a series of sultans. And how is the architecture of Islamic, Islamic mosque compared? You could compare Islamic mosques to other mosques, like the Great Mosque of Damascus and the Oska Mosque, mosque in Jerusalem. 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 Yeah. Um, like, so what did these specific mosques look like? Well, they weren't really tall, but they did have arches and pillars. Okay, okay. Let's back it up a bit. Where was the first mosque built? It was actually built in Kufa. Um, they built it using four ditches in the ground, and the structure built on top of it. But eventually, uh, those ditches went away to recreate the mosque and added back some of the quality. So you're saying that when they recreated the mosque, its style changed? Yeah. So since that architecture changed after the conquering of areas like Syria and the Biz, did the architecture change at all? In fact, it really did, E-Dog. The more powerful they felt, the more their mosques reflected the wealth and power. Mm. So did they, like, start to create new things? Because that, you know, like, feeling more powerful and all. Um, well, I felt more powerful, they began creating Miraz, which were decorated niches in the mosque. Today, Miraz defines the mosque. 
Um, and did like anything change by the Abbasid dynasty? Well, dorm, d- dorm, dome architecture actually became quite common. The mosques were seen, the mosques were seen as squares and rectangles during that dynasty. Well, you know, I'm all about unique architecture. Were there any palaces? Um, so the most famous one is in Syria, and it's called the Kisar Amra, um, created during the Umayyad dynasty. Most notably, the police of Damascus Al-Wali. In fact, a lot of Persian and Byzantine art is featured, and it visited great kings who had been conquered. In addition to the palace itself, there's a reception hall, a small mosque, and a citadel. Whoa. Whoa there. That's a lot of fancy palaces. <laughs> that's, that's a lot. <laughs> Definitely. Oh, God. Um, while E-Dog tries to figure out how to speak, um, let's take it down a <laughs> Was there any, like, architecture before city life and, like, settlers became a thing? Well, actually, no. Most nomads were living in tents, and the Kaaba was barely a structure with a roof. Um, so, like... Thanks for sharing, I guess. No problem, Jake. Money cast Um, again, my name is Jonathan. Okay, whatever. We'll be back with some more questions after this small break. All right, here we are, back at the table. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still think geek in the podcast sounds much, much better. Don't you agree, Lala? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just flows better. Like two peas in a podcast. I don't agree with you guys. Mm, me either. Uh, mm. Oh, sure, 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 sure. Okay. In this episode, we interviewed experts on Islamic art and architecture and are just about to get wrapped up here. But first, follow-up questions. Yes, indeed. So, can you guys tell us how did um, Islamic art and architecture impact society? Well, say money catch Nope. This art and architecture showcased their wealth and intimidated us. Uh, it helped with cultural diffusion, as you can see with the girls in Seville and Spanish Muslims. And going off the Spanish Muslims, how did it cause the religion to spread? Well, E-Dog, the mosques were built in different places, and the religion was also spread to those places, so that's why Islam became a much bigger religion to follow, and the Spanish Muslims just helped with that. And uh, finally, how is like Islamic art and architecture like still relevant today? That's a great question. Islamic art and architecture still seen today, as mentioned before, with the highest of Also, by the looks of it, People enjoy the view and have their own creative and are inspired by this unique architecture. All right. Well, we are about to wrap it up. We don't really have any more time. So, uh, for, don't forget to f- drink your faux pal. And uh, we'll Bye. see you in the next episode. Goodbye. Thank Bye. you. Bye. Bye.